Hello and welcome to the 361 Degrees Podcast Season 7, Episode 6. My name's Ben Smith from Wireless Worker. I'm Rafe Blanford from the All About Sites. I'm Ewan from Mobile Industry Review. Welcome back, gents. Good to see you. Hello, hello, hello. We had a week off last week. Well, yes, that was required. Whose fault was that? That was my fault. You went to Iceland. I did go to what Iceland. What were you doing in Iceland? Walking on glaciers, getting excited about volcanoes and terminal moraines. Did you oh. go in one of those pits, mud pit things? Uh, I did, yeah, thermal spring halfway up a mountain. On one side, you've got glacier water. On the other side, you've got a hot spring from a geothermal system. Mix them together. It's just like sitting in the bath. Wow, fair enough. Okay, you, you've completely ruined all my frozen food supermarket jokes by, <laughs> by having actual facts. I had I had three mum's gone to Iceland gags lined up. Uh, you you, pe- oh, you, pe- you people, I've only got I've only got one opportunity to laugh in this podcast once a week. So okay. it's good to see. You. Uh, have you any news apart from having been away, Rafe Blanford? Uh, I don't think I have got any news because I've been away being exciting. But I, I can mock Ewan for what? wearing a, a smartwatch after Don't he said he wasn't. Is, is that a he watch? said he wasn't interested in them. I genuinely really? thought. He when g- did I say that? I genuinely thought he gaffer taped a television to his arm. <laughs> that is not true. This is the LG G3 accompaniment. 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 Yeah. Uh, and it's the uh, the G3. No, no, LG watch. LG Watch, yes, so, whatever, anything. It's really cool. That everyone is. that's wondering, that's one of the new Android Wear smartwatches, and it's going alongside your new LG G3 handset it as is, well. Thanks very much, and I'm really impressed with it. It's, it's working nicely. I was being shot with a laser earlier. Yeah, yeah, rocking. And that's because it's got laser focusing, hasn't it? With the autofocus on the camera. It's actually, I think it's a sleeper hit. So I, mean, I don't know if it'll sell millions, right? I mean, millions upon millions. It's not an S5, sadly, I think. But I, I love it. I think it's... I've only had it a day and a bit, but I, I really like the work that LG have put into it. So I, the new shiny syndrome hasn't worn off yet? No, but my wife uh, has got the... I bought her the HTC One M8, also as an experiment, because we're both going to use an Android phone for the next week. We see go. how we get on. So when the marriage breaks down, that'll be one of the many reasons to get excited. We, we can cite it, yes. And also, I have... Uh, I Unreasonable sh- behaviour. Cleaned the shed last, uh, yesterday. Sorry? I cleaned the shed out. That was good. Um, you asked for news. I did. I, I sorted did. out the garage. I, I've, I've, and I've done the grass. I've put that um, stuff on the um, on the grass. What's the uh, that, that, that kind of weed killer things? Roundup. Yeah, yeah. Done that. Right. I'm so glad that we've taken 15,000 people's time to, to explain that to them. You did ask, and this is, it is char- it. character um, definition. And I am regretting it now. You haven't asked me about my what, what about you, Ben? Have you got any interesting news what to share? With that? Apart from the fact you're carrying around some retro phone there. I've bought myself a Palm Pre to play with. I, I love it. What, you, uh, you paid money for it? I, I bought it secondhand, yes. Right, okay. It, it, and, Why? Uh, because I wanted to look at WebOS. So I, I okay. really... Why? Because I'm interested in some of the ways that some of the design decisions in it are actually now showing up in other operating right, systems. Yes, yeah. So it was swipes, really good, right? The cards, the UI. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's one of those things where I look at it and I think um, it's amazing software let down by terrible hardware. Mm. Where actually a lot of the rest of the time I'm looking at the hardware, think I quite like the hardware. Like like your your G3, for yes, example. Yes. You, you pick it up, you think, well, this is a nice bit of hardware, mm-hmm. and then you go, oh god, it's got Android on it. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Let down by terrible software. Yeah. So if only you could have taken, if only if HP could have put the two together, mm-hmm. it would have been interesting. But this is truly, truly awful plastic hardware. But the the software is fantastic, and only thirty pounds it cost me. A three G phone still worth thirty pounds. Yeah. So I'm cool. just playing with it, but I think it's great, and I actually think it's going to be a real. Uh, timepiece as well because it's going to, it was going to be one of those important devices that never made it but shapes yes, the way people yes. thought about it. And they did have that lovely advertising campaign that caused more nightmares than any other 
other mobile advertising campaign I can think of. Well, it's nice for an advertising campaign other than Samsung's to give you nightmares because they're pretty wacky as well. Well, that's true. So, so uh, you McLeod, what are we going to talk about this week? Uh, we, we're going to talk about the future of mobile technology. Well, that, that's a very broad Brilliant. brush. <laughs> we just need to define it a little more. Just nail that down in the next 30 minutes and uh, we'll be done. And just, there, there is no season eight, kids. Cause yeah, that's it. We're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a very special guest. Um, his name is Ilogaela. He is. And uh, he is the guy that runs Digitas LBI's mobile uh, division. Yes. Um, and we've asked him here to talk about uh, technology elements, in, including mobile, future of mobile, and how big brands are using this technology. And, and Illy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Given I was paying more attention in the editorial meeting than you, and perhaps uh, we can talk a little bit about uh, connected cars and vehicles uh, and the the way that um, mobile is going to change the way we interact with those things. Because we've, we've had a bit of a chat before, and I was amazed at some of the work you guys are doing here on vehicles and connectivity. We thought it might be interesting to talk about that, but also perhaps have a bit of a think about the future because you guys don't just build things for customers now. You do that big picture stuff, don't you, about what things could be like in the future? Yeah, the big picture stuff is really important, um, obviously, but for, for us it's really what we define as what's next. We're not trying to get people to or, or brands to just think about what they need to do today, but what's next and what do they need to prepare for. Okay, so we were talking before about how um, actually the way that the way that cars and mobile tech are integrating with each other is a really great example of how loads of different industries are going to have to deal with the challenge of mobile technology. So, just as, as far as you can, because you know you do loads of secret stuff, just just run us down some of the stuff that you're you're doing or are thinking about at the moment in terms of you know mobile devices and, uh, and vehicles. Well, what we're thinking about at the moment is how will your mobile phone interact with your car? How will your mobile phone allow you to interact with your car and how will your, how will your car sort of give you back some information that's going to be interesting for you to use. So in the same way you, you, you talk about your quantified self, people have... There's a lot to quantify as well. <laughs> and if you... People like you and obviously have smartphones and smart watches now. He's, he's catching up with the craze. Um, it, it's, it's interesting that there's a lot of data that people are collecting about themselves. Your car is also now just another thing that has a lot of data that you can use or potentially use. And we're trying to work out what is the way you can use that data. So a lot of people will think that like mobile-enabled cars or, or car-enabled mobiles or whichever way around you want to put it would be about the entertainment system in the vehicle. And that, that is the case, but it's broader than that, isn't it? Yeah, it's def that's definitely one area. So there's a three or so cons consortiums that are around these days that you know, Apple, Google, and Merrillink are all trying to get into the how do we use your phone and how do you entertain yourself whilst you're in the car? Um, but there's also the other side of it, which is all of the data that your car produces. There's a lot of electronics in a car, especially ele electric cars as well. Yeah. Um, and how would you use that data? How would you, or what would you use that data for? If I knew that my, my tires were going flat, would that enable me to drive better? Would that enable me to get to the garage quicker? Or should it enable me to get to the garage quicker? So where's, where's all this going? Now, shortcut straight to the end. Where do you foresee the, the intersection of mobile devices and, and vehicles? Well, that's exactly it. There's, there's, there's a complete ecosystem now with anything that can give you data. We'll give it to you via your phone and allow you to act upon that data. So it's actionable data rather than just big data, if that makes sense. 
So, so can you give us a couple of uh, real-world examples? So, for example, um, knowing that you're um, about to leave the house or you've just, moved, you've just walked out the front door, your phone can start the air conditioning in your car. Knowing that you're approaching your car, it can obviously unlock the door for you. Google now will know your next meeting, yes. know how long it's going to take you to get to that next meeting, um, could uh, tell you what route to take because it's either quicker or goes past your favorite coffee shop. All of those things are enabled by the fact that you have a cloud connection, a data connection, your phone that knows you, and that's the critical part about it, and the car that talks to your phone. Because I get really frustrated when I get in my car and the dashboard lights up with things that says, bring me to the garage for a service, or your tires have gone flat, you're running out of fuel, or I've got a sat-nav in the vehicle that does um, tells me where there's traffic jams. And you get in the car, you turn it on, you say, take me to work. And it goes, you're going to be late because you should have set off 20 minutes ago because there's a traffic. Yeah, to the right information at the right time with the right context. It'll enable you to then action it, basically. And the trouble is, though, that how's that, how do you get that data out of my vehicle? Because uh, right now, you know, my car's on my driveway turned off. You know, it's connected to nothing. So vehicles of the future or vehicles of the next year or so are going to have a SIM basically, that allow them to talk to the cloud, which you will then connect to via your phone. So essentially now cars are just another accessory I connect to my phone. Almost. Almost. Uh, whether it's You're hedging there. Yeah, whether it's an accessory or whether it's actually just part of the ecosystem, um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not made up my mind yet whether yeah. it's whether, which, which element is more important than the other element. I think they're both as important as each other at the moment. But certainly car companies are going to be on my phone Aren't they? They're going yeah. to be that's, apps, presumably. That's the, for, for me, that's the most important part about it. The fact that um, previously a car's brand will, be, will manifest itself by the car you're driving. Yeah. Whereas actually again, in the future, I think the car's brand will manifest itself much more in the apps that you'll use in and outside of your car. So you'll interact with that car manufacturer's brand many more times and many more often and do many more things because of the applications and the websites and the, and the things that you do on your phone that enable you then to drive your car somewhere. And this is, at the moment, some of the, some of the brands are adopting this earliest. Actually, I'm sure there's a better way of saying that, a terrible grammar, but some of the, some of the brands that are uh, adopting these, these opportunities are the guys making electric vehicles, uh, primarily because there's far more data that you need to know at this stage, perhaps planning your route because of reduced range or needing to know battery status or, or maybe, maybe even just because people buying electric cars are early adopters. But this isn't going to be a geek category, is it? This is going to be a fundamental oh, change yeah. in the way you interact with people. Absolutely, absolutely fundamental. Um, I think the reason that the electric cars are adopting this first is much more because, they're, um, because of the life cycle of the car manufacturing process. So those are the ones that I've been recently thought from scratch, as it were, as opposed to uh, an, a nice customer, internal combustion engine car customer, yep. which is a bit of a weird way of putting it, but somebody who buys a normal car, as it would be today, um, that car has been thought about many, many years ago before sort of, the mobile revolution, if there's, a, if there's a time and space for that. Dream big. Paint, paint a picture you know, many years from now and tell me what my experience of, of using a vehicle is going to be like. It all stems around how well your phone knows you because how the the amount of data that your phone will know about you and how much you trust your phone will enable you to make better decisions about where you need to go how you need to get there and what time you need to leave so waking up in the morning um your if you live in a hot climate your car will turn on its air conditioning for you 
as you walk out the door, your electronic key for your door will be activated by your phone. It will know that you're going to your car because it knows you're going to on a long journey. Um, it will basically give you the information at the right time for you to be able to make all the decisions you need to do to get you to the right place. And some of that actually sounds like not stuff that I'm going to configure. I'm not going to go into the oh yeah, I'm most not definitely go into car, car app and say you know I like to have my car. Uh, to be you know cool in the mornings at 8 30 this is because my phone will know my travel a bit like google now does now um, you know tracks my travel patterns where i go regularly knows my habits it's it's actually going to be a flow of information from me as well you see? yeah in the same way that google nest um knows how hot you like your house when you come home in the evening and therefore over a period of time learns what you like and learns how to how to deal with the times that you come home and when when to turn the central heating on so that the house is at the temperature you want when you get home. It's learning that stuff about you. It's very much passive. Back in the day, uh, and I'm old enough to remember the early days of the internet, basically. You where, are, yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, where Yahoo said that their personalized homepages were, um, were used by 10% of their, uh, of their customer base. Yeah. People who come back to the personalized uh, homepage, once they personalized it, was about 10% of that 10%. So... Only 1% of people actually positively personalize their homepages. Whereas it's too much effort. It's way it? too much effort for, yeah. the, for the sort of return that you get. Whereas now, Google Nest learns about you and does it all passively. It's, yeah, that will help them learn more about you because you're doing it naturally. And I love services that give me benefit for no effort. You and I, before the, the, the recording, were talking about services like TripIt and things like that, which isn't really related to vehicles, but just sits there passively gathering data in the way I've let it, you know, let it see my emails. And, um, and it kind of makes the experience when I actually get to the airport better. And I presume it would be the same kind of experience for a vehicle. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think it, what, what's going to be a real challenge for brands, I think, is, the, is for them to step in front of the aggregators. So a lot of people are now saying things like, Google now is the first um, point of call to let me know that my airplane is delayed. Yeah. Um, is that really Google's like, core expertise? Being able to know what to do with the data absolutely is, but surely the airlines are the ones that first know whether your 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 plane is delayed. It should be telling you as f by way of their application. And uh, I know you're working on this stuff. We won't name brands now, but I know you're working on this stuff for some motor manufacturers. How long do you think it'd be before I, the consumer, start to see this stuff popping up in the kind of products I could buy in the UK? I don't think I can answer that question. Oh, see, I was going to soon sooner than you think. There we go. So I was thinking next week. <laughs> Illy, thanks very much for your time. Much appreciated. Thank if, you. Um, if people are interested to find out a little bit more about sort of what LBI does in mobile generally, and uh, obviously you are also our generous hosts here for the 361 Recording Studios, uh, where can they come and uh, find out a bit more information? Our website, digitaslbi.com, D-I-G-I-T-A-S-L-B-I.com. Illy, thanks for your time. Thank you. Okay, gents, um, cars and apps are going to be connected. It's the future. We'll start engaging with our vehicles before we leave the house. And uh, car companies are going to become uh, big presences on our mobile phones. What do you reckon? Discuss. Discuss. Yes. I, I, no, listen, I was looking for a Volvo. I'm sorry the, to hear that. Yeah, right, the other day. And I was having a look on the website, and there is a thing called, they got this census UI uh, that does Spotify. You have to put a, um, a, a little USB stick into the glove box 
Um, if you go and buy a Volvo, most, I think all new, the new range uh, this year, and I think from last year actually, um, all of the sensor stuff, which is it's not um, where I'd like it to be, and it's not what Illico was talking about. It's, yeah, this is the very, very, very first version of it, but I'm really drawn to the fact that I could potentially get some of my podcasts and music onto my car without having to mess around with anything else. I mean, I like the fact that we're being um, embedded there and then. And that, so that, that's a real attraction to me right now. Although I, I listen to loads of podcasts and mm. media and stuff, but I tend to just stream it all off my phone or, you know, via Bluetooth. So you know, right. I don't use any of the cars, tuner, CD player. Because you can't. Right? Because uh, it doesn't, doesn't offer that capability, right? But even, even if I want to listen to a bit of music yeah. and I own the CD yeah. and I've got it on iTunes mm-hmm. synced to my phone, I'll just listen to it off my phone because my phone is that central place where I know just everything is. I suppose I'm still worrying about the battery, frankly. True. I mean, because on, on, we've, we've two cars in our house. and one <laughs> I know, I know, it's just showing off now. But one of them, uh, it's a, a BMW one. You can go and you can sit in the car and insert all your CDs and it will copy it to the car's hard disk. Oh, that's pretty cool. Which is fine if I, if I wanted to spend an entire weekend sat in the driveway so people pumping CDs. actually had CDs. to do that. I mean, I that's quite amazing, isn't it? You had to just go and sit there with your CD, CDs. And- but it, as you said, it's not all about entertainment and Rafe some of the stuff that Ilya was talking about reminded me of this startup this in San Francisco and I think I'm getting the name wrong but it's automatic it's this little gizmo you plug into the car's data port um, and it's a bluetooth gizmo that connects to your phone and gives you loads of data and I wonder if they're they're kind of trailblazing the way for meaning that your phone is your dashboard into your car rather than the dashboard yeah, that's right. I mean, there's probably a helpful distinction to draw for the benefit of the listeners. The IVI systems, which are the in-vehicle infotainment, that's the idea of replicating your phone screen up onto the head unit, up onto the dashboard. And this is the Apple CarPlay. And that's Apple CarPlay. It's the Genevieve Alliance to a certain extent. Uh, Miralink, which actually came out of Nokia's terminal mode, and then the most recently announced Android Automotive. And all of those are essentially putting the brains of your smartphone up onto the dashboard, and that can be for navigation. But most of it's actually about entertainment in one form or another. And there's a lot of car systems that already have those kind of apps on there, but as we kind of hinted at, they haven't been very good. This second component is actually the intelligence that sits in the car already, and people aren't probably aware of just how much computing power there is in cars today. You'll get a hint of it when you go to the garage and they'll plug in a diagnostic box and be able to take off all kinds of data, but there's probably more computing power in the car than most people realize, and a whole network and sensors, and that's the bit we're talking about, and the startup you're talking about takes advantage of some of that and there's a system called odb2 which you can plug a bluetooth sensor in and pull off that data but of course the the point here that illico made was actually the data in itself is not irrelevant but it's just the enabler to start doing interesting things to make the driving experience more seamless and it's like everything else in mobile mobile is kind of going to be that digital home or that heartbeat and it's going to interact with lots of other things. And it's the idea also of you know, mobile being second screen. It's not actually. It'll be the first screen and control your home. Um, electricity meters in the home, that kind of idea of smart home. But what's important when we're looking at the future is not just getting that data, because that's kind of interesting and geeks have a certain amount of interest in that and sort of having an enhanced dashboard. But it's when the consumer has an easier time using their car or doing something, and it might be about maintenance and service it might be about the everyday journey and the challenge is actually creating those in a way that works on your phone and obviously the machine to machine the connected car stuff with a sim in it is 
again the enabler but i think it's probably going to take longer than people realize to get those experience crafted to the point where they become commonplace and accepted i I, actually that's precisely the point i was just thinking about you and because illy was saying that um your car will start to do stuff smartly because it's going to learn about you through your mobile phone and i was thinking oh that sounds really cool then i was thinking actually i really want that to be uh trustworthy data i don't want any guesses because Mm. a bit i don't have a nest and one of the reservations I have about it is that if it gets it wrong, I have a massive heating bill. It's not like my phone where it runs out of juice. It does loads of stuff and it yes. runs out of juice. So it may be, um, you know, it used to cost me data. It doesn't anymore because I've got an unlimited plan. It's literally, you know, every mistake you make could cost you money. And the same with a vehicle. You know, you, yes. could dam- you, know, you could damage the battery by running it on battery for too long or it could cost you fuel or could make me late or you know it, it, these are begin to be like financially important decisions i think they'll need to be the, the manufacturers need to be rather careful and it i think we need to get to i think as we were discussing earlier the the, the methodology of, of how google now is working in that google now will look at uh, your data and present stuff to you nicely and, and you can choose to act upon that rather than making decisions for you. But I'm not a big user of Google now, but I mean, if I pull it out it, the other day, I pulled it out of my pocket and just flipped it up to see what was happening. And, mm. and it said, you know, your journey home will be two hours. I was like, well, I'm not even in the place you say I'm in and it wouldn't be two hours anyway. So, you know, it was just completely wrong. And Where, Whereas um, if I look at my watch right now, it'll tell me, you know, precisely the information I want, which is really quite useful. But I, I'm not, I guess I'm not saying that it can't be useful in some cases. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is it's wrong in often yes. enough that yeah, I yeah. wouldn't want my car to start, te- you know, to not tell me I'm going to run out of fuel on the basis of it thinking I was somewhere I wasn't. I mean, you were commenting earlier about how you don't want it to do wrong things. I think you have to have a bit of faith in the, the car manufacturers and cars because actually that stuff goes on all the time right now in terms of safety and not overcharging the battery and all that kind of thing so but don't you think that's why that's why they're so they're so cautious they don't actually do any of this stuff because effectively it's just too hard there there's an element of that but i think that can be overcome i actually think the bigger problem is trying to deliver all of it at once and the idea that you'll have this we were describing the perfectly integrated system as you come out your car door the air conditioning comes on it unlocks and everything if one bit of that breaks or doesn't work quite properly, people will get frustrated. And a good example of this might be you get in the car and the radio turns on because it knows you always like listening to the radio. But what it didn't account for was the fact that someone got in the passenger side and sat on the passenger seat and actually you want to talk to them, you don't want the radio on, and that becomes frustrating. That's come on, that's 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 but, first world problem there. But but that sort of thing can get it, it okay, is to good. an extent well, switch off radio. But there's that kind of thinking. It needs to be very competent if you're talking about the whole, which is why to start with, it's going to be relatively small individual bits of this vision. And actually the obvious one is unlocking as you approach it, because that kind of proximal sensing is something that's pretty easy to do. And there are already systems that actually do that. You know, the keyless ignition allows you to do that. Doing it from your phone just makes a bit more sense. Then the things about climate control, again, they'll already do that based on the person getting into the car. They can do that off the key. But doing it from your phone and then maybe offering an element of customization on top of that is interesting. But as you say there, actually the most interesting bit is extending it outside the car to do and make decisions about your car when you're not sitting in it. Uh, And it's because it's connected, it can get the necessary information and it can then actually send stuff back to the car and have it all ready to go next time. 
I think the one that we'll see most often to begin with is actually a simple navigation one in that I'm planning to go to X. When you get in the car, that destination will already be pre-entered and you know, you'll be able to drive off straight away and it'll pop up. Because some systems do offer that already, but it's like a proprietary integration, isn't it? There's With Google Maps, you can do send to my car, but it's got to be the bra- you've got to have the connected car um, deal and you've got to have a system that Google integrates with and, 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 and. That, that's right and that's where the seamlessness comes in and where I think having your car expressed as an app on your phone makes a lot of sense because people can kind of understand that when you want to do something with your car you go to that app and you can set a destination now it may well tie in to the platform mapping solution or it may be something a little bit different but that also starts to become interesting when you're doing route planning. It might be able to tell you about certain things that are along the way or uh, petrol. And you'll know you're doing your daily commute and it knows that you've got enough petrol to get there and back and you'll fill up on the way back. But if you're going for a longer journey, it might recommend that you start filling up at a, a near petrol station or you can do it around pricing and that kind of pricing, thing. Pricing, that's, that's the one, right? Because the... Um, is it? Come on, come on. Can we think a little bit further on, boys? This is a little bit boring. Well, you start off with pricing today. That's yeah. the useful one. Oh, come on. No, no. Fill the car uh, for me. You, you go, can we, can we, I'm, I'm wondering, can we jump a few steps here? So, so the next thing then, surely, will be when you, when you get, um, as you say, a little guy from Shell arrives, fills the car up, and then I have to think about well, it. Well, but presumably, <laughs> pre- looking, at, looking at the trend, presumably we'll have non, non-petrol cars in the future. Right. So okay. it will be, yeah, be around, I'm driving, I'm, I'm driving to somewhere, it's going to point out to me, the nearest compatible charging station on the roadside for my vehicle. So it's going to be yeah. planning where I'm going to park near my destination so I can hook it up um, to, you know, to a charging point. It's, uh, if I need to, if I'm doing a really long journey and I need to re- recharge mm. my vehicle. Because yes. I think the next, you know, oh, in the future, you could say, oh, you know, there'll be a, there'll be a charging point in every, in every parking space. But in the meantime, there might be hydrogen cars, there might be electric cars, there might be petrol cars all on the road together. And so it's not just, I'll go and find the cheapest fuel. It's where's the filling station with the right converter, the right nozzle, the right type of fuel, you know, the cartridges that I my vehicle uses. See, so you keep on saying I, I, I. Both of you are saying I, I, I. My view is I, I should be removed from it, right? The vehicle's utility, someone else should manage that for me. Well, that's, that's the interesting next point, I suppose, Rafe, isn't it? Is that I'm thinking about a car as, as something that I've gone out and bought and own as I do today and it's my car and I have to look after it but I suppose in the UK we have zip cars what's the um, what's the service in the States where they have zip car in the States yeah. zip car yeah. in the States well. it's, you know, it's, all, it's just yeah. parked there and now perhaps could vehicles become a utility where it, the brand is actually accessed to lots of vehicles but certainly when you uh, talk to futurists that is one model of how personal transportation will work in the future and it gets really interesting when you tie it into the multimodal stuff that you use a combination of personal vehicles and then public transport, which obviously when you're in a big city, it makes sense to use public transport, but you then go out to an outer lying node and you might swap to a, what we think of as a car and it's all driverless stuff. I have to say that's a bit further away, but some of the stuff... No, we're it's, talking, it's not. Come on, it's not it, further away. You're being boring again. It, it, the thing further is, away, you, like 50 you talk years about time. boring because yeah, no. you're always interested in the kind of, not what's next, you're actually in the what's next after the what's next. But the thing No, because we're, we're not far away from it. So if you go out and lease a car at the minute, if you're going to hire a car at the moment, that's a utility for you. Still yours, right? It's still it, yours. You, still do, you it, can still it is, put but your you, little dice on it and the things you know, that but, but you want to do. You know, let's wind it back. You, you're in a hire car yeah. and it may well be able to set up all the settings, your preferred seat position, climate yeah. control, your own music and all of that. But 
with any mobile technology, any mobile service we're talking about, if it's going to take truly mass adoption, it actually needs to make life simpler and easier in some way. And there's per- plenty of things about the car experience that aren't particularly convenient. Right, so the first thing, I don't have to think about, wouldn't it be great if I didn't have to think about fuel and they brought it to me? As a fuel at the minute, and then electricity just brought it to me, or someone else charged it, someone else worried about the utility. You, why are you, Ben, having to worry about your tyres? Because you physically own the vehicle at the moment. But there's yeah. a, that, yeah, that's a typical you know, classic uh, time cost trade-off mm. and most people don't mind filling it up quite often because they actually do ancillary things at a, a petrol station if you're going to be all futurist about it actually probably the majority of parking bays will have um, wireless charging with pads underneath and probably even built into the roads as well so uh, if we're talking about what's going to happen to fueling actually that's probably going to go away if but, we're looking 10 me, 20 years down the road but, but for me the, the, the time when mobile will play the interesting part is before you get there because that's where the part, the service needs to be highly personalised to me. The vehicle, the conditions, the, the that kind of stuff. Like in the in when you get to that point where wireless charging is completely ubiquitous, I don't need to do any planning anymore because every point just charges it up, and I never think about it again. And maybe the only notification I get is, you know, your battery's done twenty thousand cycles. Uh, and that's absolutely right because there's a lot of time to go before we arrive in the future. And so it's the modification. Now, and can I just pull, can oh, I just, me. that is a quote of the series. Can I just pull you up on that, Rafe? There is a long time to go before we arrive in the future. And say something else about Nokia. I, I'm sorry, but it's just this idea is it's really exciting to talk about what's next. But in order to get there, it's actually a change from what you have now. And that is a process that happens gradually. And so when you look at things that are going to affect most people most quickly, it's actually small changes from what we have now. So I love the idea of driverless cars and I love the idea of you know, personal vehicles being shared because it makes a lot of sense. Do I actually think it would happen? Probably not because what, the car what about is still subscribing a to Vauxhall item. or subscribing to and, and, Volvo. And I, I like that idea, but it's too. We're much not far away. No, we're not far away from that know, at all. It's a big dramatic shift from where we are now. If you look at any trend, you'll find there's a continuum that you move through from the one big. to the other. I mean, cars are actually the perfect example. People used to walk. They used to take trains in public transport. Still they, they still do. And they used to they used to yeah get on a horse and all of that kind of thing. The, the, but they didn't the suddenly the studio switch. Is of top quality this this week. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't suddenly switch, and we're not suddenly going to switch to this new future. There's plenty in between to make better. Oh, I've just mangled my grammar, just yeah. like Ben style there. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Although just, Using to, you as just to interrupt you, because we're running out of time, actually something you said reminded me, which is, again, the intermediate step is the interesting one, because in the States, if you buy an electric BMW vehicle, one of their, one of their um, either hybrids or, or the i3, quite nice those, yeah. you can also subscribe to a, a plan whereby they will, you can go to the dealership and swap it for a petrol vehicle for occasions when the electric one isn't isn't sufficient. Thank you. Eat that, Blanford. But it, it's not it, it's not them coming to deliver it for you. It's something yep. that you plan and you have to book yes. and all that yep. kind of stuff. But the mobile device would be a great way to do that because you could know that the vehicle was available for you. It's there. Yes. It's, yes. it's right. filled up, ready to go. But that's not in 20 years' time. That's and, happening now, Blanford. But this is what's so exciting about mobile. It's a very powerful transformative tool. And we talk about transformative in business terms for something like you know, Halo or Uber, but actually it can be transformative for the way humans behave. We've already talked about it this series with content consumption and the way it's changed the way we've all consumed content. 
Now, we've already seen it start to change the way we do transport. If you think about the way you move around London, you probably do that using a combination of maps and public transport planning. That's, city mapper. That city mapper. That's very different to 10 years ago. Mm. Now, we think, start thinking and applying that to the personal vehicle. The first thing that it's going to do is kind of personalize the vehicle for you and you know, put functions in the car out, accessible outside it. But then I think it probably does have the potential to change consumer behaviour in the way we regard cars because it would enable, you know, for want of a better word, it could be the haloization or the uberization of your, your car transport. Is that possible with mobile? Absolutely. How will we get there? That's the interesting discussion. So uh, <laughs> the dream the dream of the connected vehicle, mm. well, we're all in agreement it's going to happen. So Illy was, we think Illy's right on that score. Yeah. Um, so, nice one, but what, how do you... How do you envisage the connected car as your ideal connected car, Ewan? Me, uh, I think a seamless experience, right? So I, I, I want the thing to work. If it's going to break, I don't want an interruption service. I'd love the idea of taking all the smart out of the vehicle, out of that infotainment center yeah, in yeah, the middle yeah. and putting it, at least putting the brain in my phone so the car is just a screen. Because then, yeah, don't let them. Yeah, because then my car could update yeah. as frequently as my apps do. Yes, for me, it's not really about you know, putting the brains into the smartphone, but it's about just the wider trend of your smartphone being your universal remote control for life. There's loads of data all around you in your life, not just in the car. And if that can be used in ways that makes my life better, and I don't have to think about it so much, and actually makes me happier, essentially, or rather, it's taking away stress. I think that's what's important. Okay, thanks very much, guys. Pleasure as always. Ask the, ask the listeners, shouldn't we? We should. So yeah. uh, the, the yeah. great thing is actually we've got, I know we've got some really car-mad listeners, so tell, mm. us, tell us what you do. Yeah, help really. us out. Yeah. And also, uh, anyone in the States, uh, because that, this seems to be where their services are, are you using automatic, are you using any kind of connected car things? Who's that, got a Tesla? Who, have you got a Tesla? Have you driven a Tesla? My accountant, by the way, said... I said, what kind of car should I get? He said, nothing but the Tesla. It's exp- The thing is, it's a no, very you expensive. You get a massive discount. We do, but it's very expensive in the UK. Oh, I want one so much, so mm. it's amazing. Um, you can uh, you can comment on this post. There'll be the usual three-question survey uh, on 361podcast.com. You can email us, link from the website, and you can follow us at 361podcast on Twitter. Okay, guys, thank you very much. Pleasure okay. as always. Thank you to Illy for his contribution, getting us started on this, con- on this conversation. Thank you. And we will be back next week. Goodbye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can comment, subscribe, and catch up with previous episodes at 361podcast.com. If you're an iTunes user, we'd be jolly grateful for a five-star review. There's a link and pictures of how to rate the show at 361podcast.com slash rate. Each review makes it lots easier for new listeners to find us. 